Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. We are back with another episode, and today I have a guest speaker, and I'm very excited to interview Tina Yeager. I met her a couple years ago at our Advanced Speaker and Writers Association Conference, and I see her name everywhere. (laughs) I see you on all kinds of different things with ASA, and So I was very excited when she wanted to come on and talk today, and you guys are in for a treat because she has lots of great information. So let me just do a short little bio on her. She's an award-winning author, speaker, and life coach. She hosts Flourish Mint Podcast and Flourish Today on Christian Mix 106 and publishes Inspiration Online, a weekly writer's devotional. She's been a licensed counselor since 2005, and she serves as a director of traditional groups with Word Weavers International and as an active member of the Christian Women in Media Association. And she is an amazing life coach, and we're going to hear all about that today. So Tina, welcome in. Thank you, Phyllis. I so appreciate the chance to talk to your audience. Absolutely. Well, anytime we can get someone on here with coaching experience and counseling experience, I'm all about that. So um, I'm just going to start right off with the first question is, as a life coach and a licensed counselor, like one of the, what are the struggles that you see with women, family, relationships, um, specifically mother-daughter, if you have that experience, what, what are the things that you deal with in that? A lot of the mother-daughter issues are generational. Mm -hmm. Mothers who didn't have good relationships with their mothers don't know how to relate well to their daughters. Another thing that is huge is inner brokenness with unresolved issues in the mother. And that is played out in relationships with everyone, but especially with the daughter because it reminds her of herself. So all the self-hatred and resentments and unresolved dreams, unmet needs, all of that that she sees in herself, she will project that onto her daughter and it will play out in her frustrations in that relationship. Another thing is frustration in other relationships that are unsafe to address Mm -hmm. can often get passed off in the safer relationships like the mother-daughter relationship. So when she's having issues with a father or husband or boss, often those things, when they're not resolved, can trickle into the way that she relates with her daughter. So those are some of the reasons behind mother-daughter relationship issues. Other things can come from the daughter's end. When a daughter is going through something that is a stronghold, something that she wants to keep hidden, and she's guarded, she will not want to reveal any of that to her mother. So protecting that addiction, that compulsion, that eating disorder, all those things that need to be kept secret will keep that openness out of her relationship with her mom. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You just spoke my story. (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. I I feel like um, we hold our mother's secrets, but then it passes on 
to the next generation, like in our relationships, in our marriage, where we can't be honest about things because we were taught to just be quiet about it. Don't talk about it. Um, And also, I think there's a lot of rage, too. Don't you agree? Like there's just so many when you have secrets in the family, especially between mothers and daughters, there's a rage that comes out when you become a mom or a wife because you don't know how to do these things. And and then, you know, you've been taught these bad habits and yet you want to be able to do it better, but you have no coping skills knowing how to do that. Right. Right. And women who don't have good relationships with their mothers often don't have good relationships with other women because they don't trust other women. So true. They don't have healthy relationships. It's true. Yeah. I struggle with friendships a lot because, yeah, I have no trust issues with women. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, yep, don't trust that. Every time there's just a little, I've had to work really hard on good friendships because um, one thing I will say is you do have to dig in and not be afraid. I'm a shutdown person. So I'm not the fight or flight. I'm like, just numb out. So I'm like, oh, you're dead to me. Bye. (laughs) And, and that's my mom would do that. And so I find that in friendships, I'm really glad you said that because in friendships with women, there's such a mistrust there. And I feel like I kind of did that I gave that to my daughters on some level too, where I didn't trust a lot of people and they saw that growing up. And so I've had to like go back and tell them like, Ooh, I think I did that wrong. (laughs) And um, now I'm a better communicator in that, but there's always that little tinge of like, Oh, I don't know if I trust that. So trust is a big thing when you can't trust your own mother, then that spills over into friendships and relationships. Right. Right. And if there's any kind of childhood abuse that happened, even if it wasn't perpetrated by the mother, Mm -hmm. sometimes, especially if it wasn't the mother, because the mother didn't protect you. Exactly. And that can be a, a real source of rage and contention between you and your mother and between you and other people, wow. because the one who was supposed to protect you didn't. So then you don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you would say to st- start breaking that habit? What would you recommend? And that is the good news. You can break the habit. You can break the cycle and you can heal. And people are more resilient than you could ever imagine. It's amazing how beautiful a soul can be still deep within that individual who's been so hurt, so abused through so much trauma, and yet there's still something beautiful. Mm -hmm. So reaching down inside of yourself and believing in what is left that is pure and beautiful and worthy and true. That is the first thing. You are worth the hard work of healing. You have to believe that. And what you have to offer other people is worth the hard work of healing because you can't offer much to other people if you're still in a place where you're not able to trust and you're super guarded and you're going to have conflict in every relationship you have. That kind of inhibits you being able to become a healer. So believing that you're worth it, believing you can become a healing agent for other people. Those are the first two things that have to happen toward those steps of healing. And those are huge. They're not small things. Those are big things to have to believe in. Yeah, that's so good. I I love how you put that because first you have to work on yourself 
and believe that there is a purpose for your life, right? There's something good in there, even though you've had a bad first start. And then we are the people that actually could have the empathy to help others because we understand it and we've gone through it, but we can't do that until we do the healing ourselves. So I love that you said that because um, I think a lot of times people think, well, I could help someone else because I've gone through this. But if you don't dig back into your story and really understand the content of why that happened, you know, generational, I love that you started off with generations because that's my whole theme is generational dysfunction. And when I was able to really look back and see that didn't start with my mother, it went back even another generation from that. So I often tell people it, you know, it's not that my mom didn't love me. It's that she couldn't love me. There, there was no coping skills for her and, and probably for her mother. And so who knows how far back that went. So you have to dive back into the history, right? And once you can get through the history and understand it a little bit more and start doing your own work within yourself, then you can really be a blessing to others, I think, because you have um, come out of it and gone to a different place, not completely healed, but a different place where you're healthier. So I think that's really good. Um, so what would be some specific coping tools you would give people? Is there, um, I know for me, I have like breathing techniques and different things that my therapist has taught me. Is there anything that you help people with when they're going through that kind of situation? I love the breathing techniques. That is really great for tension and trauma and anxiety. And if you can add some imagery, if you have a faith, that is extremely helpful for you to add some spiritual imagery and yes. believing something higher than you yeah. is what you can trust in. Then you can begin to repair that broken issue of trust because it's not about trusting other people. Right. It's about trusting something bigger than that to Absolutely. have your back, to yeah. love you and to protect you. And if you can believe in that, that can help really heal those trust issues and it can also help with a very important step of forgiveness, mm. which is not the same as reconciliation. Exactly. And it is not the same as justification. You can go back and try to understand your family history, and that can help you start to begin mm -hmm. to forgive. But not everyone will have access to that. Right. So it's important to know that you don't have to understand everything because you probably won't really understand everything. And even when you do, it doesn't justify when people do things that are wrong. So we're not trying to justify. We want to forgive. And forgiveness is letting go of the need for revenge. Mm -hmm. It's letting go of the need to hold someone accountable. And if you have a faith, you can believe something higher than you will do that for you. And you don't have to. And you probably can't do it as well as they could. So you don't need to hold on to that. And it sets you free. It doesn't set the other person free. A lot of people right. think forgiveness is yeah. <laughs> letting that person off the hook. It is not. It is letting go of the resentment and the bitterness that's poisoning your heart yeah. and letting yourself be at peace and be free and let that person be judged in some other way. And you don't have to feel responsible for doing that. And faith really helps with that. Because if you don't believe in something bigger, it's really hard to wrap your head around that. So it that is. would be something that's an important tool is believing in something bigger than you and really developing some mantras, some positive statements mm -hmm. that will contradict all the negative thoughts that come in your mind. Because you'll have automatic negative thoughts 
that'll come into your mind in trust issue situations, mm-hmm. in uh, all your mother-daughter situations. Believing that it's not all up to you is one thing. I don't have to make this right mm-hmm. if it's not going to be right. You can do your best. You can do your best to be the person you're called to be in that relationship and still be you and not let that person change that in you, mm-hmm. not letting anything they do or say take away from the positive, peaceful person that you are. And remembering in your other relationships, this is not like that. That is a huge mm, mantra statement so because we'll pull that in subconsciously or even consciously. You're just like my mother. That yeah. kind of that kind of statement will come into your head, but you need to respond to yourself, your old self, with "This is not like that. Right. This is new." And believing that it's new and breaking that that chain of thinking mm-hmm. that. That mental, it actually is a neuropathway mm-hmm. that has become very strong over time of attaching all female relationships to your memories of your relationship with your mother. Right. So if you can break that and say, this is not like that over and over and over again. So that becomes your new default response. Eventually, it yeah. takes to do that. Yeah. So those are skills that I think will be extremely helpful. I love that. Yeah, because um, I'm studying about that now with trauma coaching and how the brain works. And you're so right, because you have to stay in the present, because what happens is we attach everything to the past of what what triggers us, right? Somebody says something and that's what we're feeling is like, ugh, you sound just like my mom, my dad, you know, whatever the person is that has hurt you. It's that one comment. It's that one situation, whatever it is. And it brings you back to the past, but it's like, that's not real. This is what's happening right now. Right. And so we forget about that. So I love that mantra. Cause it's like, no, just stay in the present, like be in the present. It's okay. Um, one thing I did the other day that was so great. Um, I, I love, um, I just love to talk to God, like outside. I love nature. I was going through kind of a, um, anxiety, kind of depressive moment. And I went outside and I just threw my arms up and I started talking to God like silently because I'm in in my backyard. I don't want to sound like a crazy lady, but I was just silently praying. And there was this cool breeze that just came through like pretty forcefully, but like it was light, but it was like definitely a breeze that came out of nowhere. And I just threw my arms up and I was like, there you are. You know, it was like, Holy spirit, there you are. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I think, um, I will say, I know most of my audience is Christian, but I know there are some people that listen in that are still on the fence or don't really know. And I didn't become a Christian until I was 35. And so I understand, you know, like it's so hard to think of something bigger than you But I think um, you can't deny that there are things that happen that are bigger than you that you can't even explain away. And so there is something bigger than you out there. And for me, it's God. And so I love to just uh, rely on that. I love that you said, you know, there's there is something bigger than you out there. And it helps if you can rely on that and just not on your own strength, because we get worn out. You know, we don't have enough strength to like wish things away, right? Or try to do it ourselves. It's like when you have this other higher power out there that's like bigger than you that you can um, release things to. Also, I loved uh, that you talked about forgiveness and 
having that bitter root because it's really easy to say, oh, you just need to forgive them, right? But I think people take that in the wrong context. It really is about getting rid of the bitter root in you. It has nothing to do with the other person. You may never even talk to that person again, but forgiving them is about releasing that negative energy within yourself that is, again, going to spread to your family and friends, right? Because you're holding on to this anger. It was like um, there was a, a quote from somewhere where it says it's like drinking, having you're drinking poison, poison, hoping the other person will die. And it's like, no, that doesn't work that way, you know, but that's kind of what unforgiveness is, right? You, you have so much anger, like you're wishing this horrible thing on this person, but actually that anger is holding on in your body and it's killing you. And so, um, I love that you, you talked about that. So tell us a little bit about you as an author. I really want to, I'm so interested in this book and I think you guys will be too. So make sure you write this title down. We'll have it in the notes, but, um, I want you guys to get this book cause I think you would love it. It's called Upcycled Crafted for a Purpose. So Tina, tell us a little bit about that. It's about when we feel worn and broken and ready for the junk pile, just like old vintage, antique, and sometimes just junk items that you might see at an antique mall that have been carefully, lovingly upcycled into something more beautiful and purposeful than they ever were in their original state. God does that with us, with our hearts, Mm. our souls, and our lives. He takes us no matter what kind of condition we're in and does this amazing, miraculous work in us and makes us into instruments of blessings and grace that we share from his heart to the world. So that is what this book is about. And it includes crafts that actually demonstrates all the the points that are mentioned in the book, like mosaic, beautiful in our brokenness. That is us telling the story of Jesus with our broken lives and with other people's broken lives, fitting together through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that is one Um, We have labels that we put on ourselves. We can give those labels to Jesus and he upcycles them. Mm -hmm. So I have a purse made out of old labels. So there are, now it holds treasure, right? So we get to hold treasure after Jesus upcycles the labels we once put on ourselves. Wow. So those are just a couple of examples. And you said that you had crafts in there that they can do. Yes, the crafts are listed and the steps are in the book and the videos are on my website so they can see how to do it as well. Yeah, that's amazing. It reminds me of those plates that they break and then they make this beautiful mosaic out of, right? Or different, all kinds of different things out of it, which is so cool because you would normally just throw them out and then people like shellac them and make them all beautiful again. I just think that's so cool. So last question is what kind of encouragement would you give to the unmothered community as we close out this show? Um, What kind of lessons or encouragement can you give to them? There is hope. That is the one thing I want people to all understand. Whether or not you reconcile with your biological mother, the beautiful thing is that God, because he loves you, will guide you to someone who can be an 
other than a mother in your life. You can find mentors that are provided through the family of Jesus to bring you that relational need, that that meeting of the relational need that you have that's still kind of empty from not having that attachment that you needed from your mother. You can find that again. So be looking for healthy people and healthy groups to be in relationship with because there is a possibility of hope. Now you may be able to still reconcile with your biological mother, depending on what their issues are and depending on their willingness to go through the hard work of healing and reconciliation. But that doesn't happen for everyone. So if it isn't working for you, just know that that isn't the end of the road for your healing. Your healing isn't dependent upon someone else's participation in it. Oh, so good, Tina. Yeah. I always say find good mama mentors. Yeah. I think it's really important. I had them. I think that helped save me a little bit, still have them in my life, but yeah, I love that. And, um, I just loved having you on today. You're such a wealth of information and I really admire you. So I was like pleasantly surprised when you asked to be on the podcast, but, um, hopefully we'll get to see you again or hear from you again. We'll have to do some other topics in the future. And um, I thank you so much for being on today. Peeps, please get this book. Listen to this podcast over and over. It's got a wealth of information on it. And until next time, we will see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps!